technique a college football podcast at the intersection of the x's and o's and the jimmies and the joes i'm mitch mason joined across the way by garrett turney garrett it is 106 here in the metroplex where we are recording um i hope you're staying a a little bit cooler than than most but it sounded like maybe that wasn't the case no man it it does not feel like 106 feels like about a thousand and six out there it is a warm day today in texas uh yeah i know i was helping a couple people earlier move some furniture and you know i'm the truck friend so you know when everyone needs to move they call me Um, and so you know i was out there helping people move some stuff and just i mean sweating like a hog it was it was not a pretty scene for your boy so uh yeah really warm today heat wave in texas hey what are you gonna do Uh, What are you going to do exactly? Uh, We just had the windiest April in uh, state history. We've had one of the hottest Mays in state history. And now I don't think we dip below like triple digits for highs uh, for the next week and a half or something like that. So yep, entering uh, that summer of death, starting to get really warm here in Texas. You could always go to Montana. That's right. That's right. That's where I'm getting back from. It was gorgeous there. So much fun. Uh, temperatures in the 60s basically all week long. So a little discouraging hopping off the plane and having it be literally 40 degrees north of what I, what <laughs> I got on the plane. But um, also with the uh, being the truck friend, I feel you there. That is the mm-hmm. blessing and a curse of, of being a truck owner. It's, it's what I love, right? I, I like oh, being yeah. able to you know have that utility and help people out. But at the same time, when you when you get asked to do that and it's you know 110 outside that it, it, it certainly tests your um your your charity and uh and your good person vibes but sometimes you get you know pizza and drinks out of it so that's that's kind yeah. of a nice that's a nice part of it sure absolutely well we've got a ton to get going uh through here today trey by the way on vacation we're just the three tech fam is just kind of rotating through vacations right now it is summer that is uh finally what it's time to do so glad to give trey a little bit of a break i will say shout out to him for creating an awesome graphic for your episode that you guys oh yeah no it was good top 10 non-conference matchups. That episode uh, is quickly becoming one of the, the most popular episodes that we've done. So shout out to you guys for that. Um, and nice segue, the interaction on our social media pages is certainly starting to take off. The graphic uh, certainly helping train and Garrett are, are pumping out social content for you guys. Of course, you can find that over at 3TechPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also write into the show. Uh, 3techpod at gmail.com. We've had a couple of you guys email us questions through there. Appreciate that. Keep it coming. And uh, of course, just let us know uh, where you're listening from at all times. We've had listeners from coast to coast and the numbers just keep growing. So thank you guys for joining the fam. Follow us on our social media accounts and get ready for our previews that are coming up in July. We've got one more month kind of, of news related content 
to get through before those previews start cranking out. Uh, and Garrett, it's it's coming very, very soon now. We're inside 100 days until kickoff. College football really is just right around the corner. Oh, yeah, no, we're pumped. We, I personally am looking forward to it. We talked a lot in that last episode about sort of week zero, week one, what we're looking forward to and some of those big out-of-conference games that we're really excited about. And something about that just got me really, really amped up. And, you know, the, the numbers are going down as far as how many days we have left, but it sure does feel like the numbers are ticking down a lot slower than they were maybe a month or so ago. I'm just so excited and you know, I feel like a kid on Christmas night or the night before Christmas, you're just waiting for the presents and the time can't pass fast enough, you know? I agreed. Well, and, you know, getting to, to work on this podcast too, it feels like we've got that extra layer of investment into for it. Sure. Uh, so it will be a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, keep it locked right here as we continue to count down the days. Today, though, what we're doing, we're going over a bit of news. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about news around the recruiting landscape and then the, the main bulk of this podcast surrounding the new realignment news for 2023. So not this season, but coming up next season, we've got changes in the American Athletic Conference, the Big 12, and then Conference USA as well. We don't have the sound to hit this time, but Garrett, first off on our breaking news segment here to start, CJ Carr, five-star quarterback, commits to Notre Dame. He's the 2024 class, number one quarterback in that class. But rumor is that he's thinking about potentially reclassifying for 2023. You know, usually when you lose a coach like Brian Kelly uh, at a school like Notre Dame, there's not an immediate boost that happens in his wake. But that's exactly what we're seeing in South Bend. Marcus Freeman is out recruiting the level that Brian Kelly showed. No idea what he's going to do on the field quite yet, but it's a massive pickup for the Irish. Oh, yeah, no, it sure seems like there's a lot of excitement around Freeman and his little crew he's got up there. Um, yeah, that's a lot of excitement, and I think this is probably going to be that first big commitment that gets things rolling for their class. I know that they've had a good class at this point, obviously recruiting really well early in the cycle, but you need that quarterback when you're recruiting to kind of tie things together. You want offensive linemen to know they're going to be blocking for somebody who can sling it you want receivers to come play with a guy you want you know guys on defense to come play for a guy who they know is going to score points and make their job a little easier and so you know when you're recruiting these cycles getting your quarterback figured out is big and if he does reclassify to this class um, that's going to help push them up and maybe keep them I had said initially I was skeptical they'd stay top five he reclassifies I think they could get enough momentum that top five uh, might be a conservative mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I completely agree The the moxie with which Marcus Freeman is operating right now uh, for Notre Dame. Yeah, he's connecting with these athletes at a level that I don't think Notre Dame's ever seen, right? Uh, it really feels like the heights for this program, as far as recruiting goes, are, are going to progress the next level. Notre Dame is not an easy place quote-unquote to recruit uh, recruit to because you have such strenuous academic standards associated with it right we've seen Stanford at times be able to uh, you know bring in high quality athletes like Christian McCaffrey Andrew Luck uh, and and really compete on a national scale and obviously Notre Dame has done that for a long time Northwestern most recently was able to do that for basically a season But traditionally, those schools just have a hard time getting those five-star, high-end, four-star athletes uh, to get accepted 
on the academic side. And yet Marcus Freeman is going out and he's finding the guys that not only are amazing performers on the field, but also are going to be admitted to the school. You know, we've joked, uh, obviously well before this podcast that Notre Dame is, is just kind of a traditionally overrated school that as soon as they get to the postseason, you know, they fall flat. It's a wet blanket, what have you. It's not uh, unwarranted and, either. No, and I was going to say, and that's not necessarily unwarranted. Their postseason performance is, is not great, but Marcus Freeman seems like he's poised to change all of that. Uh, it's still very, very early on in the process, but I think if you're a, a fighting Irish fan right now, you have got to be very excited. Yeah, well, and something just feels fresh about this. You know, like it, with Brian Kelly there, it just kind of felt like things had gotten a little stale. He had been there for a while. He had been, you know, looking at, um, you know, sort of a, a long tenure there. And you kind of knew what you were getting with him. Um, but with Freeman, I mean, he, he dresses nice, right? I saw there was a graphic on one of the fans. I can't remember which page it was. And Sorry about that. Whoever it was, go ahead. Let me know on Twitter. But uh, but I saw some like list of who was the best dressed coaches and all stuff like that. Mark mm-hmm. Freeman, right at the top. He looks good. He, lots of people are excited about him around the program that I've yep. seen on Twitter. Um, there's just something different about the energy around the program now. I think this is a good thing for Notre Dame. I think they needed to, you know, kind of get a little change of scenery in the leadership. A little bit of a a different vibe in that room. And uh, I think it's going to pay off for them because they're obviously they're landing talented kids, kids with a lot of pedigree with Michigan and, you know, that, that family history going up with Michigan and everything. So big deal for them to yank him away from uh, the Wolverines. Yeah. Well, and you know, to that point, uh, you kind of look at the flip side, what, what's LSU doing with Brian Kelly? Like, is, is LSU suddenly in a worse spot? Are they coming out the losers here for signing Brian Kelly? You know, our social media friend, Josh Pate of, uh, of the Late Kick, um, he had a, a segment the other day where he said that this is probably the rare win-win in college football. Now, we'll see if Brian Kelly can perform at the level that LSU fans expect. Now, he's got a very high standard to meet not only off the field recruiting wise, but also on the field. It's what the last three head coaches of the Tigers have won a national championship. Yep. And Kelly is certainly a, a coach who could reach that status. LSU is a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, and they've got to figure out what they're going to be on the field. I think the recruiting is always going to be good, but they've got to figure out what they're going to be on the field as they've taken a step back in a loaded sec West. Now with Ole Miss with Arkansas stepping to the front. You know, you look at a lot of early season projections and it's it's LSU and Auburn that are at the bottom of the division. Now, will it shake out that way? Probably not. I mean, you know, who, who knows? We haven't played the season. There's a chance. But there is a chance. There's a very real chance. You know, I think most people are saying that Auburn's going to be the the floor of the SEC West. Who's that That's second? Most likely, yeah. It might be LSU. We'll see. We'll see. They've yep. got to figure out their quarterback situation, no doubt. And they've got to get that defense playing back at a championship caliber level. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens on the Bayou. The immediate ripple effect of that, uh, CJ Carr, by the way, his entire family, Michigan Wolverines. So a huge coup for Marcus Freeman to go into literally a maze and uh, uh, or a golden blue, maize and blue um, family and, and pluck CJ out of that. Dante Moore, who's from Detroit, had been at the top of Notre Dame's wish list for quarterbacks 
going into this recruiting cycle, he now might not be as inclined to go to South Bend with another five-star already committed. So what does that mean for Dante Moore? Probably means that you're looking at one of three schools based off of his interest, what we've seen from the top schools that he narrowed it down to, LSU, Michigan, Texas A&M, I would say are all on watch now for Dante Moore. We know that the Aggies have certainly made up a lot of ground or coming on strong for Dante Moore. As soon as Eli Holstein kind of flipped his commitment, you know, Jimbo was not actively recruiting quarterbacks with Holstein in the camp. He's a one quarterback kind of guy. Now that he's got to go out and replace that, you're looking at other quarterbacks, Jaden Rashada from the West Coast. You've got Dante Moore. You've got uh, Austin Novosad. Uh, a four-star quarterback in Dripping Springs who's a Baylor commit right now, was also just offered by Ryan Day up in Ohio State. So Big deal. a couple different options there for, for Texas A&M. But, you know, if you're Dante Moore, you know, maybe having Notre Dame kind of pulled out from under you is is a setback, but it's it's not like he has bad options that are down his list. Right. Well, and I think probably looking at him, LSU and Michigan are probably out front. Like you said, and I'm making up a lot of ground. Maybe give Michigan State an outside shot at it. Yeah. Um, I know Ohio State was there for a little bit, but I think they've moved on. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, Dante Moore, if you had to make me pick between Dante Moore and CJ Carr, I'd probably go more right now, but just by a hair. Um, but with that being said, he's going to make somebody very happy with his skill set. And Look, all the teams that are in this are teams that have a lot to prove right now. Obviously, AM coming off their number one recruiting class, wanting to kind of reload, try to do that again. Um, LSU, like you said, with Brian Kelly, they got to figure something out there because the last couple of years for them have not, be too, or not been too good since their uh, national championship. And uh, Michigan, obviously, they had a really good season, but just a year ago, uh, they were talking about Harbaugh on the hot seat. So yep. you know, with a lot of draft talent leaving and – uh, needing to kind of look to reload at Michigan and sustain some success there. Uh, you know, a guy like Dante Moore coming in could help them out. Um, look, it's going to be fun to watch this one go down to the wire. It's these big-time quarterbacks finding their places. That shapes recruiting classes, like I was just saying. You know, you get the right quarterback in the right class. All of a sudden, the other pieces start to fall. People mm-hmm. want to go play with their guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Right now, probably give it to LSU. Uh, but those in-state Michigan Wolverines are going to be tough to beat. They will be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Number of five-star quarterbacks still uncommitted right now. One of those and maybe the most popular of those five-star quarterbacks as we move to our last news bulletin item. Uh, Arch Manning oh. had a gigantic weekend at Georgia. They had Arch Manning. <laughs> they had their tight end commit, who's a high four-star, I think the number one tight end in the country all there wearing those those white uniforms that are going viral for Georgia right now. I would love to see those on the field personally. Those are pretty clean. Those white helmets. Woo. Yeah, exactly. Maybe just the recruiting uniforms. You know, every school seems to have just kind of a recruiting picture uniform. Come on, give it to us one time on the field. I would love to see the icy whites myself. Put against Oregon, right? They're going to come out wearing something clean. Y'all come out in the icy whites in Atlanta. Come on. That's true. That, that might, be, uh, might be a great look week one against Dan great. Lanning. Uh, so Arch was just in Georgia this weekend. He is now in Tuscaloosa. And this, I, I put out on our Instagram, just an elite weekend for the Crimson Tide. Uh, the five, their five best visitors this week, Arch Manning, the number one quarterback, number one player in the nation. Anthony Hill, number one linebacker, 14th ranked player in the nation. Pretty good. Francis Maoga, 
number two tackle, number 10 player in the country. Nice, Richard Young, there. number one running back, number 25 player in the country. Nice, Aiden good. Proctor, top offensive tackle, number five player in the country, all in wow. Tuscaloosa. This That's a lot of good players. Saban knows what he's doing on the recruiting front. And I don't know. Did you see this? Uh, all the tied recruiting services were posting about it today. That baby Gronk, like nine-year-old, was also at Alabama this week for yes. some sort of camp or whatever. And he yeah. took a picture with Saban. So, I'm, I'm sure there was no NIL anything that had to do with baby Gronk. Nick Saban does not play that. They don't pay anybody. This doesn't right. happen at Alabama. That's right. Just for the love of the school. Um, so yes, that, that is as loaded an official visit weekend <laughs> out of, you know, out of season as I think you're ever going to see. That's insane. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, look, that's a great weekend. I know that it's become a lot more popular recently to try to stack your guys in the same weekend and get your weekend, um, which means typically you got to kind of work around what the other schools are doing as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, look, Bama's going to recruit well. If you get a letter from Bama, you're probably going to respond. Um, yeah, big weekend for him. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if there are any surprise commitments that come out of this. We're recording this uh, on June 11th, so the Saturday. Uh, if any of these names do end up dropping for whatever reason, uh, head over to 3 Tech Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be tweeting and uh, in Instagramming about it. All right, we've gotten through the the other news items. Let's get to the main portion of this show, uh, as you'll have seen by the title slide. Conference realignments. We've got new schools going to the Big 12. We've got new schools going to the American and Conference USA, and all of that got confirmed this last week. So three uh, conferences to look at. Let's start in the American. You've got schools that are leaving Conference USA to join the American that allow the AAC to make this official. Basically, the the big news item is is obviously going to be Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, or Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, I'm sorry, moving to the uh, Big 12. But that's right. made possible because you've got now six schools moving into uh, the American Athletic Conference. Those schools, Charlotte, FAU, UNT, Rice, UAB, and UTSA, they join East Carolina, Tulsa, Navy, Temple, South Florida, Tulane, and SMU as the current school. So, uh, Garrett, when you look at the six that are now joining and, and moving over to the AAC, give me your initial impression. Like, what is the impact to the the AAC as they lose their championship contenders? Right, Cincinnati, UCF, even Houston. It seems like they're primed to at least make a lot of noise next season. What's the overall impact to this conference that you see? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it, is it somewhere in between? Uh, I mean, look, I think it's going to be it's going to be a bummer for the conference. They are they losing? Um, I didn't see on our list. Are they losing Memphis as well, or is Memphis sticking around? I can't. No, remember. I'm sorry, Memphis is in there, and I okay, cool. I didn't I hear Memphis. But, no, anyways. So, um, no, but I mean, if Memphis is sticking around, that's definitely better for the conference. But you're still losing some power programs. You're losing a program that just went to the playoff um, and you're losing them to a power five conference, or at least, you know, maybe still a power five conference. We'll talk about that in a minute, but yep. um, I mean, this isn't going to be great for them. As far as reloading, I love adding UTSA and UNT uh, personally. I mean, obviously UNT a little bit more local for us. We're here in the DFW area. So, you know, just hop up 35, head to UNT, can't miss Havji stadium. 
Um, and then, you know, UTSA having a huge year last year, um, I think they're going to stay pretty good. They got some good coaching there. Um, as long as he doesn't leave, they're probably still going to be a pretty good program. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to join some good programs. This, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, if you're a conference like this, you're probably going to lose some teams every now and then that move up. That's just going to happen, right? Every time conference realignment goes down, um, you're going to lose maybe a couple of your top tier teams and you're just, you know, kind of rolling the dice, hoping it's not you. Uh, but the the good news for the American, at least, is that they're losing so many teams from the same conference because their conference is so good, right? Their yeah. conference has gotten really, really good over the last several years and has become extremely competitive, even on a national stage with some of those Power 5 programs. So for them, adding more teams just kind of adds it to a recipe that seems to be working for them. Uh, and I'm excited to see where a lot of these teams go. Yeah, I mean, you know, the American is, has been calling themselves the Power 6, you know, conference yep. for the last several years i mean they even had stickers on their helmets uh, you know the p6 uh saying basically hey we're we're here we mean business you know ucf yep. claimed that national championship a couple of years ago and goes and makes the playoffs so no doubt there's a lot of talent uh with some of these schools and, and you're right that's why you're seeing schools like cincinnati and houston and ucf get a shot with the big 12 is texas and ou look to move on to greener pastures uh, with the SEC. You know, when I look down these schools joining the AAC, I I think UAB and, and UTSA are probably the two most impactful immediately. They seem like the, the two programs sure. in the healthiest state. I mean, FAU, you know, they had a run where they were, you know, kind of relevant a couple of years ago. I mean, won, uh, won a, a conference title just a couple of years ago, beating right. UNT in Conference USA. So, FAU can make a little bit of noise, but when I look at the overall health of these programs, and again, this is for 2023, not 2022, but I love what the Roadrunners have done. Jeff Trailer is locked up for, I think, 10 years now on his extension. You know, UAB went from not having a football program to suddenly making a whole lot of noise in Conference USA. So good for them. I like the addition of those schools. You know, Charlotte, UNT, Rice, all schools that are you know, have had ups and downs, right? I mean, UNT had one hot season. Charlotte had a hot season. Rice, well, they'd, they'd love to win. Rice will be good for baseball. Yeah. You know, Rice right. will be a great baseball edition for the American. You know, maybe that's not right. a great football edition, but the SEC has Vandy and, you know, Big 12 has Kansas for basketball or something. That's I don't know. Right. So. The, the Vandy <laughs> of the AAC. Um, so – I think overall, I mean, it's as good of, of a list of replacement schools as you can have with UCF Cincinnati and Houston walking out the door. When you look down this list, who's the new front runner for the American? Uh, who Who's that school that, you know, 2023, they kind of put their foot down and say, okay, now this is our conference. Uh, well, I'll kind of pick two. From the newcomers, I think it's got to be UTSA, right? I mean, it's got to be the superior coaching talent-rich state that they can recruit in. Obviously, they're not going to get top-of-the-line guys, you know, consistently. Those are going to go pick, you know, the A&Ms, the Texas, and the Baylors, and those. Uh, But they're still going to be able to recruit at a pretty good level and get some good talent, um, especially in hometown San Antonio. Um, Out of the people coming back, I think you stick with Memphis here. Memphis has always been pretty good. They seem to put good talent together, and um, you know, I think they're they're in an area that cares as well. It's not to say that, 
you know, it has to be a school that, you know, their state traditionally cares about it, but mm-hmm. they are in an area that does care about football. It has a better football footprint than maybe some of the others. Uh, and I think they're primed to stay sort of at the top. I might want to look at, you know, maybe the long terms of a Tulsa. They've made some noise in the past, you know, maybe not in as good of a spot right now, but Tulsa right. certainly can jump up. I, they had a close one with Oklahoma State this last year, so. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes, but I think out of those groups, I think UTSA, Memphis, uh, Temple, maybe an outlier, obviously, you know, they got that new coach, so he'll be up there hoping to kind of return Temple to some of that former glory. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Dwayne Mathis, a quarterback there in Temple. I I think to me, the front runner, I, I, as I project it forward will be SMU. Um, you know, they've gone through this whole rebrand, uh, where they have, made it a priority to recruit the Dallas Dallas proper, right? The right. 214. Uh, and now that you've got so many of these Dallas schools like South Oak Cliff that are uh, kind of proctoring their own brand, you know, they're becoming like Dallas Oak Cliff just won their first state title, I think ever. Right. First for Dallas ISD since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and South Oak Cliff now has, has kind of created this brand, right? That – Hey, we're we're a championship contender. We've got a title. We are going to be relevant year in year out, and we expect to be recruited like we're relevant year in year out. You know, they've got a couple of uh, two four star cornerbacks. One of them that's committed to Texas A and M right now. The other one we think is also going to commit to Texas A and M and Malik Muhammad. But a lot of other schools, uh, including you know the Alabamas of the world, are interested there too. SMU though has been able to go get the three stars and some of the lower four stars from schools like Dallas Oak Cliff. And, you know, now with, with Lashley on board as the head coach, I think they've got a lot of steam here. I I think now that UCF, that, that Cincinnati are going to vacate for the big 12. I think it's another school that has prime recruiting hotbeds. That's going to be able to take over as kind of that that top tier program, I think Memphis is right there as well. And, and you mentioned Tulsa. If Tulsa can figure it out, uh, how to play offense, that defense is usually pretty good. Oh, yeah. You just got to find a way to consistently put up points. Um, I think that's your, you know, your 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 top three, and then you add UTSA to that mix as sure. well. And I think you've got a very fun top of the conference. Is anyone going to go make the playoff? Probably not. But no, then yeah, we didn't Cincinnati was going to go make the playoff. We didn't think UCF was going to sure. win the national championship. So, you know, who who knows? It, it's a fun group. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a very, I think, talented group. And you know, like SMU, they're taking advantage of of the portal. Yeah, do they lose some some pieces like Ulysses Bennett the fourth to Ole Miss? Yes. Do they also go out and get Kamar Wheaton from Alabama, Texas? They kid? sure do. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to make this conference a lot of fun. I, I don't know if they're going to be nationally relevant in the way that you know Cincinnati and UCF have made them, but I think they're going to be right there with the Sun Belt and probably a little bit better than the Sun Belt as far as just like, hey, a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to follow, maximum entertainment value. Right. And to your point with SMU, I mean, they've already had a couple commits from South Oak Cliff. They had a, I think they had a big one out of a, was he like an offensive tackle? I couldn't yeah, remember Matt. who it was, but yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he just committed and that's, I mean, that's a big deal for them. So, and I think they got a wide receiver commit recently as well, but yeah, um, yeah no, they are, I mean, they're already doing it. You're, you're talking about it as a blueprint for what to do and they're already getting rolling on it. I, my only hold up on SMU, I want to see him do it with the new coach. 
Yeah. I want to see him do it. You know, their old coach leaving to go across the Metroplex. Want to see what they can do with the new coach. That's my only cause to pause right now. If the new coach can get them rolling, yeah, put them right back up in that top group. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for 2023 to, to roll around. I mean, obviously not overlooking the 2022 season, uh, but we'll say it's going to be a fun new landscape. Let's move over to the Big 12. Uh, and, you know, kind of the first thing to note here with Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF all joining, BYU obviously coming over from the independent ranks. Um, the American schools that are leaving – paying an $18 million buyout to leave the American early to move over to the big 12. Um, And, you know, it was AAC commissioner, Mike Oresco, who said, you know, quote, each of these schools has enjoyed tremendous success in the American. We wish them well. He also called the payout quote, a sensible resolution in quote, which sure $18 million per uh, sounds, sounds pretty reasonable. I would like some sensible resolutions as well. (laughs) That's right. $18 million for Cincinnati, for Houston, UCF, not a small figure, but with the big 12, with all these new media rights, you know, getting ready to be renegotiated. Do you see those three schools as kind of saying, you know, temporary pain for maximum gain later? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously bigger TV deals, you're getting probably more, you know, butts and seats at the stadium because you're getting better games going to sell a lot more season tickets. I see this as a total win for these schools, um, especially for a BYU that's an independent. I know that they do pretty well up there, but you know, you're getting a consistent schedule. You can build some rivalries maybe and start to kind of get uh, a little bit more of a sort of an identity as a football program. You know, they're finally getting a conference to make an honest program out of them. Right. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch this happen for these, these buyout schools. Right. Um, we're really excited to see this happen for them. And I think I had seen something about Cincinnati being like all the way in in a couple of years for full dues. And that's, that'd be huge for them, obviously coming off of their run in the uh, college football playoff. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens here. I'm really pumped uh, to see them join this conference and watch it get real fun and competitive real quick. So the biggest question that I have, and you know, for, we don't technically know when Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. A lot of people speculate it's 2024. It might be 2025 when the term technically ends. So the Big 12, at least for one season, will be a 14-team conference. My question, though, once Texas and OU do leave, is the addition of Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF, is that enough for the Big 12 to still be a, quote, Power 5 conference? Uh, my question is, are they still a power five conference? Hey now. Uh, hey no, hey now. <laughs> no, well, I mean, look, you put Oklahoma on the national stage multiple times. They get waxed by whatever SEC team they're paired up with in the playoff. Baylor just um, won the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's good for them. Um, you know, it's, it's not like Matt Corral played that. Whole, wait, no, yeah, he did go down for injury. Um, no, I'm just messing around. Obviously, not trying to take anything away from you, Baylor. That was, you know, good win, good win. I have no hate for the Bears. Um, but, no, I mean, I'm – it's not to say that – it's not <laughs> – it's not to say that none of their teams can compete at a national level. I just think once they've gotten to the top of the top, they continuously get embarrassed in those playoff spots, right? They, I mean, has the Big 12 – have they won a playoff game they, yet? I, they I can't have not. remember. I'd no. like – and the Oklahoma's been there just about every year. They got close with that Georgia game in the Rose Bowl when that was a that fun game. 
that was a whole lot of fun to watch. But I mean, but that's kind of where my point is, is yeah, they're a power five conference. Yes. They carry the power five, you know, as that, but they really haven't been playing like it at the top end recently. What you're going to have to see. And I think this is where it's going to get a little tricky. You're going to have to have somebody rise up to kind of fill that void at the top. Yeah. Fortunately, I think there's a lot of teams in a really good spot to do that. It's just going to be about who can recruit the big, you know, top name kids to say, hey, here's an immediate path in a power five program to get to the playoff. Right. If you're Cincinnati, you can sell that to kids today. Mm-hmm. You can say we were just there. Um, you know, we've been able to coach kids, put them in the league. Um, come on down, right? We're going to play people. We're going to win these games. We're going to get a playoff bid every year, and we're going to get over the top. We're going to be the team to get over the top. You know, I think Baylor and Oklahoma State, two programs really well positioned to do that as well. Um, you know, with the big powers in their states leaving the conference, they're going to get to fill those shoes. Um, a lot of those kids are going to want to stay home and, and play for a better chance at the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Tech doing a lot. TCU, like we were just talking about, getting a new coach. So there's going to be a lot – of competition in this conference immediately. Uh, but somebody has to rise to the top quickly um, or else this conference could fall off really quick with no definitive power. And then of course, with no playoff team getting in, if you have a bunch of sort of maybe, what would you say? Like a two loss champion of the conference, those teams aren't getting in. Right. Right. But it, well, and I don't think any two loss conference champion would, would get in other than maybe Alabama just because I mean yeah they built up the name recognition enough, yeah we've, so. we've seen like two losses and, and you're you're pretty much not right. going to be considered um I, I wrestle with this because on one hand like is the big 12 losing their two flagship programs yes oh, Texas, yeah. Texas and OU going away will hurt the overall power of the conference that being said though Oklahoma, yes, has been nationally relevant. They have been a top five team. They have made it to the playoff a couple of different times. Texas, though, they won the Sugar Bowl. They beat Georgia a couple years ago. Great for them. But since then, they haven't done anything, right? And so, yes, you're losing a flagship program in the University of Texas and everything that comes with that, right? I mean, there is no doubt the marketing power of the Big 12 goes down to start when you lose Texas and Oklahoma. But that being said, I actually think that the conference as a whole is getting better with these additions. Uh, and yes, there is a power vacuum. There's, you know, kind of that that question mark of who's going to rise to the top, who's going to be, you know, or who are going to be the two teams that you can expect one of, if not both, to play in the Big 12 championship every single year. I think we got a great preview of that with Baylor and Oklahoma State. I would put them as the two front runners of this new conference. We'll see what Cincinnati does. They've obviously been to the playoff. They're starting to recruit a little bit better. But, you know, you look at what they that roster that they made it to the playoff with, it's three stars. It's it's not four and five stars at all. It's it's really, really talented three stars that they they developed. They're going to get a recruiting bump by going to the Big 12, like you said, because there is a more natural path to the postseason. Mm-hmm to having a guy considered for the Heisman, to being more nationally relevant, getting better TV times, getting obviously the financials of being in the Big 12 are really going to help. So I think you are going to have a Cincinnati, a UCF, heck, maybe even BYU can rise up and kind of fill that gap. But I love where Baylor, Oklahoma State are positioned heading into this uh, transition 
you've got Baylor recruiting very, very well, and Dave Aranda's locked up now through 2029. Oklahoma State, a banner year. They were literally inches away from the college football playoff. And, and to my Poke fans that I know uh, some of you guys listen, I'm, I'm sorry to bring that up. I, it, it hurt me to watch you guys hurt. But you were right there. I mean, you, you, you finally won Bedlam on a national stage with playoff implications on the line. I love where those two schools are positioned. And now, yeah, you lose Texas and Oklahoma, but now you replace them with four schools that may not have that ceiling of going 11-1, 12-0, but can Houston, can UCF, can BYU rail off a 10-win season? For sure. Maybe they can do better. But on a consistent basis, I think that floor becomes an 8-9 win season with the ability to then go win 10, 11, 12 games if you have a miracle run. So, you know, the way I look at it, you're not only adding two teams and getting back to an actual Big 12 as mm-hmm. opposed to calling yourselves the Big 12 and having only 10 teams. <laughs> I think the overall competition within the conference is going to take a step up. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a really fair point. I mean, and not to put too much on it, but really the competitive team that you're losing there is Oklahoma. Yes, Texas brings in loads of money. They haven't been that competitive in the conference for a few years, right? They've they've been up and down, and really since Mac left, Mm -hmm. it's been a train ride up and down, uh, runaway mine train more like it, but it's it's been – Tough run. They, I mean, they've had good years, and they've yeah. always recruited well. They always pull in good players. They're always going to beat some of the you know low level teams. But every now and then, yeah, they they've lost to Kansas twice since Mac left, and that's not a small thing. I'm not trying to rub that in on the Texas fans. I'm not trying to throw the hate, but that's you know you can't ignore that like it didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, you've had some big wins, and those are as isolated as the big losses. We're waiting to see if Texas will finally get the ingredients right in Austin to make that next step. And they got to do it in a hurry because they're moving over to the SEC. But what they're leaving behind, let's, I mean, let's say that you're a kid in the DFW area, right? That's where we are. Let's say you're a kid who's a, you know, sort of middle of the pack four star guy. You're getting offers from in-state Texas. You got offers from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, even SMU. You know, some of those teams that we've been talking about. I mean, where do you want to go? Do you want to go play at Texas or Oklahoma where you may get buried in the depth chart? Um, It might be a couple years till you start. And you're not guaranteed to have any level of success in the SEC. Or do you want to maybe go ahead and head up to Stillwater or down to Waco and maybe go ahead and take a chance with one of those, you know, coaches who have been able to succeed, um, been able to succeed at a high level, been there, and you know, if it weren't for you know maybe a couple inches, Oklahoma State might have had a playoff spot this year. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're that kid, where are you going? Right. For me, if I'm that kid, I'm taking my talents up to Stillwater, and I'm going to ball with Mike Gundy and say, "Hey, let's do this," or I'm going to head down to Waco and say, "Dave Aranda sure knows how to coach. He mm-hmm. might put me in the league. He's going to put me in a good position to win." Um, I, I don't know. I just I think this is good for the league, uh, for the Big Twelve rather, and being able to yeah, like you were saying, stay competitive. I I do I think you're gonna have to, and the league is gonna have to figure out how to market itself. Like I said, without the two flagship programs that I mean that have run the conference for years, right? I mean that is just plain and simple. That's been the truth. Texas and Oklahoma, yeah. good years, bad years. 
they have been the face of the Big 12. So you're going to have to For figure sure. out how to market yourself. But I agree. I think the competition, the health of the league going up, not just in football, not just in football, but I think sure. across you know your sporting landscape. I mean, Houston just uh, won the American in, in basketball. So you've got yeah. schools that know how to compete, know how to field competitive teams across all sports. I think this is honestly, I, it may be a tough pill to swallow initially, but I think the Big 12 might be in a better position because of it. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this up with the New Look Conference USA. And I tell you what, this is maybe the most uh, concerning uh, development in this conference um, because Conference USA is just hemorrhaging teams. They've got uh, seven teams leaving right now, and they might lose – Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee State to the MAC. So, mm. first of all, ouch. Um, yeah. The the four teams that they've added so far for I believe it's the 2023 season: Jacksonville State, who's moving up from the FCS ranks; That's big. Liberty, which gosh, it feels like Liberty is about to run this conference; like New that. Mexico State, who's an independent, and Sam Houston State also moving up moving from up, the FCS. Yeah. Now, Sam Houston State just won a national title. What two or yeah, two years, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in, in the FCS level, so you are bringing a you know competitive, well-run, talented program, albeit from another level, up to sure. your conference. It's it's very similar to what we're seeing in James Madison joining the Sun Belt in 2023. Just a historically solid, competitive program at a smaller, quote unquote, level of competition, but. I think what's really concerning is even with these additions, dude, you've only got seven teams right now yep. for football. That is not good. So, you know, what what does Conference USA do? Like, where do they hang their hat with where they are right now? Um, don't ask me that. I don't know where they hang their hat. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not good days for Cusa right now. Um, no, I mean, look, they're, they're bringing in some – you know, smaller schools to come in and compete. I do think Liberty will be a bit of a saving grace for them. Uh, Liberty is going to stay pretty good, I think, and it'll keep them at least somewhat relevant. You'll see the Kusa logo in some big spots, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know where they go from here. If it was me running this conference, I'm looking around to anybody who's maybe floundering in those other smaller conferences and just kind of kicking the tires, right? Saying, Hey, uh, how you feeling? <laughs> can we do a deal? Can we figure something out to get you to come on over? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can, great. And if not, it's you got to keep going down, right? You got to go down to the lower levels and see if there's any teams that might be willing to make the step up. Yeah, um, I think with Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State, that's going to be some good pickups for them. But yeah, they're going to have to adjust to a different type of football, right? They're going to adjust to the different level that comes with going up a division. So. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where they go. Losing Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, not great for them. Yeah, um, We're, we're going to have to see what they do. I, I, I'm glad that I'm not running this conference because I have not <laughs> seen a path forward for them. Uh, <laughs> that really makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm spitballing here, but yeah, I don't know. Help me out. What are they going to do? I mean, that's that's such a good question. I, it's not like I have you know answers myself. I think I, I think the first thing that they need to do, and, and clearly they've already done that by going and getting Liberty in New Mexico State. I, I can't imagine that they haven't put feelers out to two of the other independent teams in UConn and UMass, right? I mean, are, are they yeah, going to get them in a level of competition? No, but 
you got to have you, you need have, warm bodies, right? Yes. At this point, you need warm cadavers to fill <laughs> up your conference. Otherwise, Conference USA is not going to really represent. Hey, let let USA. UMass go sit themselves on every SEC team schedule for the next couple of years. Keep collecting those million-dollar checks. That's what they're doing right now. So I, you know, it's they, a strategy. Might, it's a strategy. They might be just fine to get, you know, keep getting waxed by Alabama and LSU without having to play Florida, without having to sure. play conference dues. So who knows? You know, the thing that this reminds me of, quite honestly, and uh, peel back the curtain here, when I worked uh, for a school in the Lone Star Conference that has been one of those schools that's been, you know, kind of plucked for talent, right? I mean, we just saw um, Tarleton State go to the Division One level. Texas A&M Commerce now is moving to the Division One level. They're going to play in the Southland Conference. Uh, from D2. So, you know, I, I wonder, does Conference USA go make a plea to West Texas A&M? West Texas Ooh. A&M is, a, is the Alabama of Division Two, So not FCS, which is Division One, but the Division Two level. You look at West Texas A&M's facilities, they are top, top of the line. They are truly the Alabama of Division Two. They're winning national championships in baseball, track and field, I mean, they're very competitive in football. You name it, the Buffs do it. Yeah. I mean, we're watching. You just watched well make the jump, right? Now, yeah. the, the truly the pushback for West Texas A&M, and, and I know this from, from those discussions, West Texas A&M is fine running D2. Yep. They don't need to come up to D1 and, and get smacked around for you know seven years while they build a program that's worthy of the D1 level. They're right. fine being the Alabama of D2. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know if Conference USA has reached out to programs uh, like West Texas A&M. Heck, they might have reached out to Tarleton and, and Texas A&M Commerce and said, hey, yeah. how about you move up from the Southland? Uh, what, what do we think about that? But I do think they're going to have to go get schools now from from the, the FCS level, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think a school like North Dakota State has any interest in moving to Conference USA. I think they're no, pretty fine. Winning, you know what eight national titles out of the last 10 years i'll wait for the american to call exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you know if you are going to make a move let's go ahead and make make a big move make so big move, yeah. dude i you know i think i think conference usa might be experiencing a little bit of gridlock right now where it's truly yeah. like you know they're not a conference that brings a lot of prestige uh and you know a lot of accolades along with it now in baseball i will say shout out dallas baptist university they're going to sure. move to Conference USA in baseball, which will be a lot, fun, a lot of fun. But um, I, I think Conference USA might be in a little bit of trouble right now to be – Oh, they are for sure. Well, and the big thing for them is their programs need money so they can build facilities, yeah. so they can you know improve what they have. And it's not to you know drag on anybody, but, yeah, Sam Houston State, probably not the best facilities. I haven't checked into it, to be honest. But you could probably find better yeah. facilities if you're looking at those – uh, types of schools to go to college but you know if you're if you're them i think what you're saying about umass and uconn makes a lot of sense go get you some programs who are going to bring in a little bit of money have some better facilities you know maybe 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 you do go the route of someone in the lone star conference or something it fits in your geographical footprint at the very least yeah. um and then you know maybe go grab somebody and say hey we'll pay you a big lump sum of money to suck for a couple years and <laughs> What you're going to do is build facilities. You are not going to care about your football program at all. You're going to yeah. build facilities, get a nice stadium, and in a couple of years, you're going to be better off for it. Maybe that's the path. I I don't have the answer. 
I sure don't have the answer. I'm glad that I'm not the guy that needs to have the answer. And um, yeah, no, I'm, I think you're right. Conference USA is on the rocks. They are up the Creek and without the paddle. I just don't, I don't see how you get another school or schools to swap conferences, right? Unless you go and pick, I don't know, a Troy, a Georgia Southern who is getting roasted in the Sun Belt, right? Where, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I truly don't have the answer there because even Georgia Southern was competitive just a couple of years ago. So now under Clay Helton, maybe they return to that. The Sun Belt, Sun Belt's the fun belt for a reason. Um, sure yeah, I, think, I think they've either got to get U- UConn or UMass on board, get lucky with a school that's willing to jump ship from you know another conference where maybe they see this as, hey, now let's go run Conference USA instead of being you know a 4-8 and eight team in the Sun Belt. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's what they do. I, I don't know. Or you go to the FCS or Division II level and, and sweet talk a program into, hey, come come be, you know, FBS status and, you know, on on the biggest national stage. You can get, yeah. you know, there's there's power in that. There is a lot of, of true reasons and benefits for a smaller program to, to go do that. I just don't know, you know, obviously the logistics behind that, um, you know, what the Sunbelt can, or the conference USA can offer and, and, and all of that. But right. no doubt here from the three conferences we've talked about conference USA. Oh boy. Uh, Not in a got, good spot. they've got some problem solving to do. Um, well, let us know right in uh, three tech pod on Instagram and Twitter. Which conference do you like the most? I'm going to assume it would be the American or the Big 12. Do you agree with our takes that the Big 12 maybe comes out ahead here? Uh, Do you like the the new layout of the AAC? If you have a solution for Conference USA, let us know. Please send us the solutions. We don't get it. Write into Gmail. Yeah, 3techpod at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode, the recruiting news as well. Is Dante Moore going to go to your team? Right in. Let us know. Uh, Garrett, any, uh, any, any final words here before we sign off? Uh, don't help a friend move if it's 160,000 degrees. It's not <laughs> worth it. Sell your truck. Get a Civic. Do anything you can. I'm still sweating. <laughs> yeah. Well, you went from a good guy to maybe maybe losing that, but you got pizza out of it. And that's what I got you- pizza out of it. That's the point. Yeah, there we go. Maybe the shallowest of there we all go. of that. But uh, no. <laughs> I'm anyway, getting more Conference USA is getting right now. Might might not be that far off. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Three Tech Pod again. Keep it locked right here for all of the recruiting news, for realignment news, and uh, as I said off the top, previews right around the corner for Garrett Turney for Trey Reeves who's on vacation. I'm Mitch Mason. Until next time, so long, everybody. Yeah.